Welcome to A Command of Her Own, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin. And I'm your host, Jen. This week, we're discussing Star Wars. Yes, you heard that right. Star Wars on a Star Trek podcast. Uh, we're discussing Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi. I got it right this time. I'm very proud of you. I know. I tweeted out that we were watching The Return of the Jedi on Twitter. And of course, that was not correct. It's a very different movie. It sure is a very different movie. Okay. Uh, the Last Jedi is the most, well, no, it's not the most recent installment in the Star Wars saga because they just released the solo movie. Um, but it was the one released before that. And it was written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. And we did another film by Ryan Johnson, the film Looper, starring Bruce Willis and Emily Blunt and other people whose names have left my head. I can't think of his name either. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it for me to be like, right, that's what it is. I can see his face. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like this actor. So everyone out there who's like talking at their their podcast listening devices right now telling us the name over and over again. Thank you. You can also tweet it at us. I'm not nope, going to look it no, up right now. No, I am looking it up because I won't be able to okay. concentrate. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There you go. Jesus. Okay. Uh, so this week we have some announcements and a little bit of news. First up, last week when we were discussing... Uh, Deep Space Nine's pilot, The Emissary, and we were discussing Jennifer's death, and Kate and I were debating about if it's fridging. I will concede the point that it is an example of fridging. So I just wanted to go back and... and... You don't have to concede anything. <laughs> no, no, some people on Twitter brought up some some good points about it on Twitter, or um, I think on Twitter. Um, just that, like, yes, it is a... a technically a fridging but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're not able to enjoy the show or that his story doesn't have uh, good elements in it and things like that so yeah and that's true so hey I um, like stuff with a lot of problematic shit in it so okay I mean Deep Space Nine wasn't that bad or at least that one episode two episodes whatever sorry carry on yeah I also wanted to briefly talk about a trekmovie.com article that I read. They were discussing, or they were talking to the creature designer and one of the other designers who they're in charge of all the different alien looks that they make out there. Mm -hmm. They teased about a new alien design for season two, something that looks very, very alien because even though we're talking about aliens in Star Trek, they all tend to be, like, bipedal with all the same kind of parts and limbs and placement of major body parts. And they said they were trying to get something that looks very alien. And the challenges that it involves in the costume design, because if you have people who are in these costumes for 15 hours and you don't want them to have eyes in the same spot that humans have eyes, you still have to make it so the actor can see and different things like that. So they talked a bit about that. 
They mentioned that we will see some more diversity in the looks of various Klingon houses, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. I would like to see that aspect aspect explored more. And then finally, they talked about how they would love to get a chance to tackle some canon Star Trek aliens. And the two they brought up were the Breen and the Borg. And I would love to see the Breen and I would hate to see the Borg. <laughs> I have no idea what the Breen is. Uh, they're an alien that always needs special, um, like, uh, atmosphere suits mm -hmm. whenever we see them because they are from a very cold planet. So that's how they are adapted. So they have these refrigeration suits. So nobody's ever actually seen what their face looks like or anything like that. Oh, interesting. So they were like, yeah, we'd love to like get the get a crack at the design of the alien that's underneath all that. I don't know if like this isn't going to affect me at all. Um, mm. But if I were a bigger Star Wars Star Trek fan, geez, um, <laughs> I don't think I'd want to see it. It'd be like seeing a Corian from Mass Effect. I, I wouldn't. I, it wouldn't be right. I don't know. They're, they belong in their suits. Yeah, there's going to be fans that go either way on that. Some who are would be excited to see what it looks like under there. Some who would mm -hmm. rather have the mystery. And the Breen isn't an alien that's ever featured prominently in a story arc. Like, they've been in as uh, the adversary. But we've never really gotten to know the Breen in the same way that we've gotten to know other alien races on Star Trek. Mm -hmm. So I don't have as much investment in them. Whereas the Borg, they've done a lot on the Borg and they've brought the Borg into multiple, um, multiple shows and the movies. And I don't want to see them in the past. Also, it kind of it stretches canon because they were supposedly, like, discovered in Star Trek The Next Generation. Right. And then you have to go to be like, well, why didn't, like, if they're going to be in Discovery, why weren't the, it was, like, yeah. Right. I would gotcha. just like them not, not to do the Borg. So, yeah, and then you have a point on here that I hadn't heard. I just randomly read a thing on, I think, Nerdist. I'm just double-checking. Yeah, Nerdist today. Um, mm -hmm. That somebody had asked Patrick Stewart if he had seen any of Discovery, and he said no, but then said he maybe has a reason to shortly. Oh. That's, that's interesting. It. Yeah, so whether or not they're thinking about having him on or as a director, hmm. I don't know. Does he do much directing work? I haven't honestly kept up with much of... The same article mentioned that he directed some of Next Gen. Okay. I don't interesting. know how accurate that is, but okay. that's what it says. The directors I always remember from the cast were Jonathan Frakes mm -hmm. and um, LeVar Burton directed some. And I don't remember Patrick Stewart directing, but my memory is uh, flawed. But that would be cool. Yeah. I'm just trying to... 
Uh, another former directs episodes regularly, so maybe direct an episode. He directed a few episodes of his series back in the day. Doesn't say what. Mm. Just his series. Cool. I wouldn't mind that. I don't know that I'd like to see him make a sort of cameo as an actor on it, but... I wouldn't mind if he wasn't playing Picard. You know, if they just hired mm. him to play somebody else and it's just like a fun, cam- you know, that type of cameo. Mm. I'd be okay mm. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, it's time travel and, you know, how Jen feels yeah. about time travel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Shall we get into this week's movie? Sure. Let's do it. Did you like this movie? You sound very much like you didn't. Um, so again, we watched it late at night. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't fall asleep. So that was good. Mm-hmm. And I... Uh, yeah, no, I wasn't, like, I didn't finish the movie thinking, well, that was fun, or or interesting, or anything like that. So, so, so I guess, you... no, I didn't like it. Okay. Any particular reason, or? Um, a few. Okay. So, despite it being in air quotes, new and different. It just felt like chopped up parts of all the other Star Wars movies put in slightly different order than the other Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, yeah, the Sith Lord got killed. I've seen that. Oh, a space battle. Seen that. Like, it was just like checking off all the Star Wars elements and... It was very action-oriented, which all of them are. And it didn't really get into uh, any of the things that I would have been interested to see them get into. Like what? Well, like any of the history of the Jedi Temple, like, why is it there? Is that spot significant? What's in those books? And I get that some of that might be... A bit of it might have been explained in the last movie. No. Some of it might be explained in the next movie. I don't know. The books did survive. Yes. Yes, I have some comments on that. Okay. But, uh, yeah. No, it wasn't like I felt like it was one that I would go back to. Well, I'm... Hmm? That's Mm -hmm. fair. So, yeah. And if anyone out there is, like, yelling at me or wanting to tweet at me, go ahead. <laughs> Share your thoughts with me. Please do. This is my favorite Star Wars movie. Which is why I chose this one. Okay. I like it a lot. I like the characters. Mm-hmm. I like... So I guess what I personally really like about it mm-hmm. is that when The Force Awakens came out, like, that one's even more similar to the old ones. Mm-hmm. They pretty much just rehashed the plot of A New Hope and gave it a couple new characters and some new fun stuff. But it's pretty much the same story. 
Right. I still really enjoyed it, but whatever. And there was all this, like, uh, sorry, The Force Awakens came out two years before The Last Jedi, and it left, or it started all these, hmm? I was going to say, it kind of finished on a bit of a cliffhanger note. Because it ends with... Yeah. Well, it ends with Rey, like, handing over the lightsaber and then, like... Yes. End, right? Yeah. (laughs) So... It did that, and it sort of sparked two years of theories and discussions and all this, like, who is Rey? Who is Snoke? Who is... Or who are the Knights of Ren? And what's happening... With, with Kylo Ren and where are they and blah, 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 and all these things. And then I really liked that this movie was just like, no, fuck all that. Race parents don't matter. Luke's an old fogey. Like, it just, it just took all these theories and instead of fulfilling them one way or another, it just said, all your theories don't matter. Yeah. Now, I've read some reviews about it and, and, a couple of YouTube videos about it and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I can intellectually appreciate the direction that Ryan Johnson was taking. Mm-hmm. And, but a lot of it is based on what was not actually in the movie. Like they have all these big action and battle sequences mm-hmm. and not a lot in the movie actually talking about a different direction that, they're going to be going in. And I found that a bit frustrating. What do you mean? I I don't, I don't Um, understand. Okay. So one of the articles I read was basically saying that, um, the Luke has realized the old way of doing things with the two opposing forces of the Jedi and the Sith. Um, he's realized that, that it's never going to, end this opposition and unless he like ends it as the last Jedi. I disagree with that. (laughs) I don't think that's what Luke realized at all. Okay. Uh, Well, whether he then changes his mind on that and comes back to it, which again, I was like, well, because I'd read that Ryan Johnson was like trying to take a, a new tack on it. And I'm like, well, why would he make Luke change his mind about that? That seems to run counter to what he was trying to do with this movie. And like, and again, like, I think that would be cool if he said, like, the Jedi and Sith way of doing things is obviously not winning any battles because the evil keeps coming back. So we have to do something new. So instead of relying on all these old ways of doing things, we have to innovate. But that's all like, speculation and people bringing things into the movie that's not actually necessarily textually what was said in it. Yeah, I agree. So, like, that would be interesting to me, but that wasn't really actually there. That wasn't explored in the movie. That was only kind of hinted at here and there. And even with, like, Poe Dameron's role, where it's like, okay, here is the flyboy. And they reversed it. So instead of having his big, like, saving moment at the end of the film, it's at the beginning and it's the wrong choice. And, like, calling that formula into question where it's, like, the one guy saving with this heroic move. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, that's a nice inversion. Um, But I don't really have a sense of what their new strategy is going to be. 
it's just like they reversed it for the movie and I like they retreated. It is possible that Ryan Johnson wanted to lean harder into that, but Disney holds the strings. Yeah, that's true. But I I see where you're coming from, that they were kind of like had a mission statement and then pulled back on it. Yeah. In a lot of areas. And it was it was a lot of like reinforcing that their forces are obliterated and there's very few people left. And I also feel like it's like we all know there's another movie. Like Disney's not going to let it end with and the Sith take over the universe. (laughs) Right. Like, yeah. So like I didn't feel genuine tension with a lot of it. So and I knew none of the main characters were going to die. Right. So I I wasn't invested in that. And I didn't even see a lot of actual character reflection like with Finn and and uh, Rose's storyline um, you know they leave in the middle of this crisis moment to go to a gambling planet to have yeah that was this... that was my least favorite part it makes no sense oh yeah and then even like they don't even debate can we trust this guy like there's not even a moment where they're seen sort of discussing it and Finn and then even like when they're about to be executed, there's no sort of like, oh, shit, I'm sorry, we got it like each other into this. There's just. Yeah, like all these things that I was kind of like expecting to see, it was like, uh, nope, nope, they're not uh, going to talk about that. They're not going to have a moment where you feel bad that you're, you know, led someone to their death on this crazy, you know, hijinks plan that had no point to it. And uh Yeah. Yeah, I was like, for me, the casino scene is, I like what it gave us, but I think it was really poorly written because it completely cuts the tension when they can just fly away from this like cat and mouse game that they're playing with the emperor or the empire. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make any sense to do in a movie. Did the last... Did did the Force Awakens explain the Empire getting this technology to track them through light speed at all? No. Oh, see, like, oh, what's this? It's God in a box. Hey, we now have a new device to use. Like, just suddenly, oh, hey, now we can track them. Isn't that convenient for the story that we wrote? I'm. I, I don't disagree with some of these with a lot of these points. I will mention that a lot of these points could be made about things that you like, though, too. Oh, for sure. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't similar flaws in Star Trek. Okay, that's fine. Then. Did you like any of the characters? I greatly enjoyed Mark Hamill's performance as Luke Skywalker. So did I, Yes. Uh, so that was definitely a highlight. I actually really enjoyed Poe Dameron, mm-hmm. and I almost want to giggle every time I say his name because for some reason I thought that that wasn't his name, but that was like a funny thing people were making his name into. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
And oh, and the other talking about characters, I I did kind of like Ray, but I didn't feel like I got to connect with her. Um, That might be because I forced you to watch the second one without watching like because you get more times just with Ray in the first one. Yeah. And then I was kind of uh, pushed out early on because for all the past how many years where it's been like Ray's the new, you know, person of Star Wars. And I have not been like actively shutting myself off from Star Wars things. So like I see it in my Twitter and things are going on and videos and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I hadn't heard her speak. And I didn't realize she had an accent, like a, a, a English type of accent, almost. Daisy Ridley is an English woman. <laughs> She's from <laughs> England. <laughs> See, I had no clue. And I'm like, how can there be years of this thing where she's apparently like center stage? And I had never actually heard her speak. I... Like I've I've seen I'd seen scenes with Finn and Poe and heard them. I'd seen other scenes with like Leia and like Kylo Ren and everything like that. But I had not heard her actually talk. And so like when she did on screen, I was like, oh, oh, this is odd. This is not the voice I had made up in my head from just seeing pictures of her. Okay. Well she she is. And that's from maybe England. just Yeah. That 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 is this, her voice. And this is maybe just more of a comment on how even though, like, Star Wars and Disney is patting themselves on the back for having this female lead, um, the media and the way, like, the way it's casually being interacted with isn't actually giving her a voice for Star Wars. Uh, maybe? Ray isn't the most talkative of the characters. Like, I don't, I don't know if you mean okay. like interviews or the characters, but she isn't the most talkative of them. Like Poe and Finn just like blather. Finn, especially he just gets like a nervous <laughs> sort of going and Ray just sort of yells at them to get shit done. Right. Well, at Finn, she and Poe had never really met. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I have never noticed that personally. Mm. Yeah, but you're in the universe. Like, you're you're engaged. Yeah. Um, but aside from her being a face and a toy, like, that's the only interaction that's made its way out to me. I have no explanation for that. So, Yeah. I thought it was just interesting to comment on as, as it's not like a criticism of Star Wars. It's not a criticism of the movie. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was like an interesting observation of. Is she your Emily Blunt? No, uh, I didn't. Nothing about her character or her performance rubbed me the wrong way. Mm. Some things her character did had me a little upset, but that was more, I think, with the writing of the story. Ooh, what? Um, oh, hey, there's this person who's psychically projecting himself into my head, but I think I can change him from evil to good. Right. So I'm going to go over there and do that. I was like, uh, no, no, you shouldn't. Bad idea. But you cannot change him with your goodness. 
I think in her world, there is literally historical precedent for it, though. And I think as much as the movies rehash themselves, she was seeing herself rehashing that, it, like, within the fiction. You know what I mean? Sorry, there's precedent within Star Wars for women changing men from no, sorry, bad to good? From or a women- Jedi changing... From Luke changing Darth Vader. Everybody knows about that. That's a big legend. And I think she was putting herself into that position. Like, I don't think... From her point of view, mm. I don't think this was a woman-man thing. I think this was a Jedi-Sith thing. Whether or not from the writing, it was a woman-man thing. And, like, yeah, absolutely. I can get behind I that. S- I just, from Ray's point of view, she was making herself that Jedi hero and that she could save him. Why does she think she's a Jedi? Uh, like she, okay she can control okay she can control the force she's a badass with a lightsaber fine um she's had a lesson from luke um so and and she thinks she has this connection with kylo ren that she doesn't understand and that's what she's basing this decision off of i still think it's a poor decision I'm not saying it's the best decision ever. It obviously didn't work out that great for her. I'm just saying I think that's where her mindset is. Okay. Um, hmm. Main characters are allowed to make bad decisions, Jen. Well, it often is required in order to make the plot move forward. Mm-hmm. And I personally you- can see her thinking behind this one. I'm not saying it was good thinking. I'm just saying I can see where she was coming from. I just didn't get that heroic vibe from her. Like, I didn't, like, if she is mentally casting herself as a Jedi hero, then why isn't she more arrogant with Luke? Like, why is she there? If she, like, I, I, I could have seen it better where she realize that she's not going to change Luke's mind and she is frustrated with inaction and says, well, I have to do something and this might not be the best move, but it's better than sitting here doing nothing. I mean, she did kind of do that when he was trying to talk her out of going. She offered him the lightsaber again. He didn't take it. She rolled her eyes and left. Yeah, but I like anyway, I don't think we're going to get any progress on this? No, I, I'm I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm but. just saying, from my point of view, it made sense. I okay. still don't think it was a good choice. I just un- no. understand why she did it. Okay. And it gave us that really beautiful fight scene, which I really loved. I don't Sorry, know. which one? The one with her and... Her and Kylo Ren fighting the, the guard. I want to say the yes. Praetorian guard. I'm going to make sure I didn't just make that word up. Because, okay. yeah, Praetorian Guard. Yeah, I liked the, the Praetorian Guard and I liked their weapon designs and things like that. Were they also in the last movie? Uh, no, we never really saw Snoke in his, like, okay. room. We just saw him as, like, a digital hologram is the word I'm looking for. Because mm. that was a little disappointing to me, was that we didn't see more of them. It's like, here's this guard that seems designed specifically to combat lightsaber and they get a fight 
and they're not really a menace. I will like say they could have been this movie and the previous The Force Awakens suffers mm-hmm. a lot from Disney wanting a shit ton of tie-in products. Mm. So like learning how the First Order arose after the end of Return of the Jedi, that's all covered mm-hmm. in tie-in books. But like mm-hmm. you would have no way of knowing that if you just watched the movies. Mm-hmm. And that's a flaw. Like, that's just mm-hmm. Disney wanting more money and bullshit. Right. But, like, if you're just watching the movies, you're like, the Rebellion had won. The Republic was all good. What the fuck is this? Where did they come from? Right. And I've seen some people commenting on how they're disappointed that, like, the universe basically reset. Yeah. And they were like, uh, can't uh, we see something different? And... But. Yeah, if you read real deep into it, you can see how it all happened in The Force Awakens, because okay. they do destroy the entire Republic, basically, in that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, confession time. You had sent me, like, a, a short recap video mm-hmm. of The Force Awakens. I didn't watch it before watching the movie. Well, that would have helped you out, Jen. <laughs> well. It was four minutes. No, I watched it after I watched the movie. Oh. But it didn't... I, I don't think it addressed a lot of my questions. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, it doesn't explain really how the uh, First Order arose. No, yeah, that's and, never addressed in the movies. you got to read the books for that bullshit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just gave me a few little snippets. Was Rose in the last movie, too? No. Okay. Was her sister in the movie? No. That she talks about? Okay. No. Um, all right. You saw her sister die at the beginning of this one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But, like, I wasn't, like, it was, I mean, it was sad, but I was like, is this a person I'm supposed to know? Or? No, that was the first we saw of her. Okay. Um... Again, though, you can read a book about them. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I did see a video, too, of somebody basically saying, like, oh, you didn't like the choices they made in The Last Jedi? Well, let's take a look at some of the other source material they could have pulled from books. (laughs) And some of it was pretty funny. Um, It's like, at least they didn't do that. Okay? Yeah. Um, uh, Also, the First Order was heavily coded evil and i guess star wars has always done that mm-hmm. um it's just something that i'm more aware of and thinking about now that they were very you know uh similar to uh nazi regime sort of yeah outfits and orderliness and things like that and then also yeah the bad guy has a british accent too and yeah. Oh. That Domino Gleason? Yeah, the general main general Hux? guy. General Hacks or whatever Hux. his name is. Sure. <laughs> I was trying to think of who you meant because I was like, Kylo Ren's not British. And then I was like, neither is Snoke. <laughs> who are you even talking about? And then I was like, oh. No, he's the he's the first he's the first bad guy that you actually see on screen in this one, I think. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. 
So, yeah, because the planet's being bombarded or whatever, and they have to evacuate. And Yes. They launch the bombers and the everything, and yeah. Okay. And I like their bombers with bombs that fall straight down in space. Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars in space has always been kind of... <laughs> well, and on the planet, you could hear... Well... Okay, so they're bombarding the planet, and we didn't realize at first they were bombarding the planet. We thought there was a space battle going on. Mm-hmm. And so our first thing is like, you can't hear explosions in space from a planet, okay? <laughs> and then we're like, okay, they were bombarding the planet. Okay, maybe there was something. That's okay. But if it was us supposed to be hearing a space battle from the surface of a planet, we were so mad. <laughs> But I will say it wasn't that bad. <laughs> the having semi proper sounding of things in space is a recent thing in media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say that I've found the sound design in general of Star Wars mm-hmm. to carry a lot of the movie. They have excellent soundtracks. Uh, they keep using the themes over and over again. Mm-hmm. That helps build on nostalgic uh, tie-ins to other movies to signal to you how you're supposed to feel about things. Mm-hmm. And there are various spaceship sounds and space battle sounds are just cool. Yeah. So, like, if I'm just meriting, like, if I'm just judging things based on, like, cool space battles or something then Star Wars would get, like, really high marks. Yeah, they're really going to suffer when John Williams kicks the bucket. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So is my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I am the first to admit that most of the time, John Williams just writes the exact same theme over and over again. Because mm-hmm. I have definitely been in a movie theater years ago outside of a Superman movie, and, like confused because i was sure it was star wars but it was the superman <laughs> theme but it was it sounded exactly like star wars and i couldn't they're the same gotcha yeah there's there's definitely similarities he definitely has the like epic theme music yeah uh, yeah i mean he can do other stuff he's proven that with jaws he just doesn't seem to ever hmm Although that's true of a lot of it may movie just, people, I find. It, it may also just be, like, what people go to John Williams for. Like, they don't say, hey, John Williams, do you want to do something new and innovative? They say, hey, John Williams, we need you to do your thing. That's true. The thing you do, we're going to pay you lots of money for it. Make us one. <laughs> that's fair. So, and I, I'm not going to fault him for that, because if, yeah. If that were my skill set, I'd be like, sure, okay. Yeah. And here you go. I love his music, so I'm not faulting him for it either. It's great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the movie achieved its sort of mission statement of killing the past? Um. <sighs> Other than in a quite literal sense, in that a lot of people are dead. On both sides. A lot of people are dead on both sides. Um, Yes and no. Like, it was basically a Star Wars movie run in reverse. So, 
big heroic moments at the beginning instead of the end, and at the end they're like on the ropes with no hope instead of that being at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I could see where that's like a reversal. Um, they killed the the what's his name? Snoke. Snoke. There we go. They killed him earlier than was expected. Everyone was real upset. I mean, a lot of people were real upset that we never found out who he was or where he came from. I yeah. like it, though. I think Kylo Ren makes a much more interesting villain because he's so flawed, I suppose, as a villain. Well, I do. Yeah. Yeah. You go. Well, well I was going to say, too, like, he has flaws and he has... We know more about him, what's going to influence what's motivating him. Yeah. Snoke was just like a cardboard cutout, you know, yeah, bad exactly. guy. Yeah. We didn't know enough about him for him to be a real threat. Um, and I'm I'm interested more in Kylo Ren's character. I was I did have to clarify at one point because like another thing that disappointed me was. um. Leia didn't seem to care about him. And I was like, isn't that his mom? Like, why? What's the story? Like, I, yeah. I, I feel like they don't understand how to write Leia. Because yeah, like, her, hus- her husband? I don't know if they were actually married. Whatever. Han Solo just died. Her son's evil. And then at the end of the movie, her brother dies. <laughs> but she's still just that stoic general. And I'm okay with that to a degree, but there are scenes in which I think it should have come out. Looking back on it, I was, because she had a lot of screen time, which was cool. Mm -hmm. She was very stoic and I was kind of like, oh, I, I remember Leia as being fiery and, you know, just full of passion and I'm like okay well she's a general now that's tempered I guess and she's grieving potentially for the loss of her husband and her son and I could see where she handled her brother's death like with some grace because I think she obviously has understanding of the force and the Mm -hmm. you know the Jedi worldview of how everything is linked and everything like that so I was cool with that but then I also am like did she not raise her son? What happened to make him evil? I would have thought she would be a better parent than that. What? Like, those are all some of the questions I have. And, like, none of it gets addressed. I don't. I wasn't sure if any of it got addressed in the last movie. But I was also, in the, in the overview you sent me, they were saying that, like, he just starts out as evil. And I was like, wait, what? We don't see that moment where, like... Does he not start off with his parents or something and then something happens to... I was just like, they don't do that? The thing that really happened was what they showed in this movie where Luke went to, you know, kill him or whatever. But Luke went to kill him because he already was being tempted to the dark side, I thought. Like, that was... But he hadn't made any, like, choices or done anything really yet. I think... The thought there was that Snoke was sort of outside influencing him. But again, it's not really addressed. Leia's feelings on the matter are addressed a bit better 
in the previous one. Right. Because she, you know, very pointedly tells Han to go there and bring their son home. Right. But then... And maybe that's partly also going to stand as a criticism of the Jedi way of doing things. Because, I mean, he could have been taken away at the age of four and placed in, like, the Jedi Academy with Luke. Yeah. Which is not an ideal child-rearing yeah. for emotional stability. Um, and I have to say, Star Wars seems to know nothing about, like, childbirth or parenting. Yes, this is very true. <laughs> And I will say there is a lot of, like, these movies do suffer or benefit, however you feel, uh, from having not a cohesive over-writer person. Like, the f- mm-hmm. like they're trying to make them all a linked trilogy, but the first one was written and directed by one dude, and the second one's been written and directed by a completely different dude who, it is thought by many people, changed a lot of where what the first dude was going for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind seeing change in the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. but the movie itself didn't necessarily feel different. It didn't... He was probably tempered a bit in what he was able to do. Yeah. Well, I don't necessarily mean in that way. I just meant some of these things that don't seem addressed or like they make sense. They may have Mm -hmm. been going to go in one direction with them, like Mm -hmm. how Kylo Ren turned evil and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But because Ryan Johnson decided to do something else, Mm -hmm. they went in this direction. So all that that really means is that now, like, we don't really see that moment. Right. Because the... Yeah, anyways. My my personal gotcha. favorite thing that Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. did that I think everybody believes that he wrote and that J.J. Abrams did not intend to happen um, was Ray's parents not being anybody in particular. Mm. Because it was heavily implied in the first one that she was going to quote-unquote be someone... And have some sort of a connection to people or something. Right. And... Like... Like somehow be Luke's long-lost daughter? uh, People were more thinking that she was going to be related to Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. Or Luke's long-lost daughter or something like that. Yeah. Pretty much people were thinking one of those two things. Gotcha. Um, And her angst over not knowing who her parents were? I... Like... Didn't again that didn't land for me. Yeah, you get a lot more of that in the first one. Yeah, like because you start off with her alone, and you see her like counting the days that she's been alone, like she's marking off the walls of the thing that she lives in. And there's a lot more of her. So did did no person raise her at all? Um, pretty much somebody that she she was pretty much a slave. Okay. And she was raised by the dude that her parents, uh, it is implied, sold her to. Okay. And and there's a lot more about her loneliness and her want, like, in, in that movie, they get off the planet that she's from. And then for a good chunk mm-hmm. of that movie, she's just saying how, okay, you guys go on to the rebellion. I have to go back because my family's coming back for me. 
Oh, okay. And there's there's a lot more of that. And at one point, um, she when she gets captured by Kylo Ren, Finn comes to rescue her, and that's like the one time somebody's come back for her. So it's a big moment for her there. Gotcha. This reminds me of a question I have. Um, so was what was Finn? Because they make reference to him like having janitor duties, but then like was he a stormtrooper? So yeah, it's I guess I was it's confused. kind of played as a joke, but he is a stormtrooper who had janitorial duties. Like that was his main thing that he did. He did also do some shooting and killing. But yeah. Right. I, okay. I think it was originally played as kind of a joke, but now they've kind of gone with it. Okay. Not sure how good I feel about that. But okay. I am really sad because they cut out a scene uh, that's on mm-hmm. like the special features on the DVDs. Uh-huh. Where when Captain Phasma confronts him, he like talks to the other stormtroopers and sort of you know, is starting oh. to, like, reach them and say, hey, the, you know, there's a better way. We don't all have to be this. Hmm. And that... And the, the, his whole fight with Phasma was longer. That was another thing I was disappointed in. I was like, that's all we get of Phasma? Yeah. And I was like, was she in the other movie? And and it, they didn't... Like, she didn't come up in the recap, so I was like, oh. I feel like she is in the other movie, but I feel like she's one of those characters who suffers from... You know, it's a long movie and we have to cut something. Right. Which sucks. Well, but... It could potentially also be that, like, we have to have a character stand in this one for the bounty hunter. And so we will add that in because, like, they needed to rehash all the different parts. Yeah. Again, I like what the the part of the sort of story that happened when they went to Canto Bight, but I thought mm-hmm. that whole thing was just very poorly written. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that ending scene with the kid. That was fabulous. Where he has the decoder ring and is all like telling stories about the rebellion. And you see him use the force. Verse. And what? Yeah, he picks up the broom. It He like calls it to him. He uses the force there at the end. Oh, okay. Okay. But but that whole idea of them going mm-hmm. there and tearing up this town and inspiring this new generation of rebellion, that I really yeah. liked, but it was just poorly written. And I, like, because there's this idea that they're going to, like, go out now and regroup and, like, restart it from grassroots kind of idea. Yeah. But, like, I would have liked to see more hints of that starting in this movie rather than that one planet with these little kids. Um, I would have liked to have seen them making more connections in other places. Yeah. Well, but they, mm-hmm. I mean, they couldn't fit all that in. No, though. Like it was, I don't know exactly how they're going to do the next movie. Cause Carrie Fisher's dead now. Yeah. And, Leia was the one original cast member to survive this film. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what's yeah. going to happen there. Or if they're just going to have her like off screen for the whole thing. I don't know. Yeah. I am yeah. sad about it, though. 
Did they show her using the force in the last movie, too? Nope. Oh, so that was new. Yeah, that was new. And a lot of, a lot of nerd boys real upset about that. But it's always been, well, there are no, like, official canon books, I guess. But it's been my understanding from the people that I personally know that their preferred uh, books that take it up uh, show Leia getting Jedi powers and being the one who really helps establish a new order in the future. I but agree. Don't don't uh, don't ask me what the book titles are or anything else. It's just yeah. Well, Disney has now since claimed all those to be not canon, and their new stuff is quote unquote canon. It's a whole big mess. Yes. If you've yes. read any of the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it, but and Ryan Johnson has responded very intelligently to some of the criticism about it, which I thought was great. Hmm. Okay. Because somebody was like, how would she, you know, use that much uh, force power, for lack of a better term, when she never has before? And he was like, well, there's no resistance in space. So as soon as she got herself going, it would be really easy. <laughs> and that was his, that it actually didn't take that much. And I would like to think that she had used the force before, but we just didn't see it. Yeah. And it's always shown that she's connections to it and feels it maybe just differently than Luke. You know, she's not about yeah. the fighty fighty. She's mm-hmm. about the thinky thinky. I, That's right. I don't know what that sentence was. Although I almost find that a little darker for her. It's like she could have been using the force to mentally manipulate uh, things politically for quite a while. Ooh, I like unnoticed. that. Um, and sorry, we've got off on like lots of little tangents here, but you were talking about the whole kill the past thing. Mm hmm. Did we want to talk a bit about the Jedi Temple and the tree that Yoda comes and burns down and... Sure. That bit? Because, um, again, I feel like the movie's not quite committing here. Again, that might have been a Disney thing, but I don't know. But so I understand exactly what you're saying, though. Yeah, because, like, they have Luke going to, like, burn down the tree and the Jedi Tomes of Wisdom... And, okay, fine. Um, You know, yes, let's burn it away, start over, regrowth, all that kind of thing. Um, And then they have Yoda come. And the article I read on it was that this is sort of him getting approval from the the Jedi Masters of the Past. Because Yoda does the action for him by calling down the lightning to burn the tree down. So, my issue with it is, is didn't Ray take the books? She did, yeah. They're on the Millennium Falcon. So, yes, okay. So then, they're not really destroying all of the things of the past, and why wouldn't Luke check that the books were there before he, and like, did Yoda know that she took the books? So is this an empty gesture by Yoda, actually? Because he knows that the books are gone, it's like, yeah, we'll let you think that you're not responsible for wiping out the Jedi way of things, and you're not actually wiping out the Jedi way of things, because the books are off in the Millennium Falcon. 
I was just like, so you're almost saying it and then not. And then, like, what does that make Ray's role? Is she just going to be, like, tying them down to this um, negative cycle of evil rising up and the Jedi's doing the same thing they've always done in the past? Like, starting over, but not really starting over. I don't disagree. Okay. I I do wish that they had just burned the books. Yeah. Because then it would also be like Ray now has to go through a process of self-discovery mm-hmm. and actually make it a new thing. Like, she can't rely on Jedi teachings. She only got one lesson. All the other Jedis are dead. The books aren't there. You've got to figure it out from square one again. Yeah. Although, on the other hand, forgetting the past is never never seen as a good thing. But for for the That's... point that they were trying to make in the film, I do wish that they had just burnt the books. Mm. And I didn't see... I didn't personally see Yoda coming as, like, granting Luke permission or whatever. I more saw it as, like... Fan service? Well, a little bit of fan service. Okay. Which is fine. I like some good fan service. So okay. do you. Yeah. Um, but, like, like one last lesson, I suppose, mm. from, his, from his teacher. Right. Although I can't... When I was young watching Star Wars, I really liked Yoda. But then I realized that it was Miss Piggy and... I just can't. I can't take him seriously anymore. Like they even that was sound not what I thought similar. You were say. <laughs> I thought you were gonna call out Yoda for being a bit of an asshole, but no, that was not. I really like Yoda still as a character. I just can't take him seriously because of the the Miss Piggy thing. I can't. Okay, I, he talks, and all I hear is Miss Piggy. Okay, and it's it's problematic. Miss Picky can be wise. That's fair. <laughs> I I don't think she would be... Like, I don't think she would want to be a Jedi Master, though. This is a strange topic we've gotten. Huh? <laughs> yes, but anyways. Um, yeah. Um, hmm. And I, I will say, with this movie... And with um, one of the other side movies that, again, a lot of people disliked, but I really enjoyed, which was Rogue One. There is some talk in that one, especially more about uh, the Jedi being a religion and less of it, like Mm -hmm. people being not a Jedi, but still, you know, strong with the force. Yeah, still. Right. Yeah. And I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The next Star Wars film I make you watch is going to be Rogue One. FYI. Okay. I am forewarned. I don't know if we have that one yet. We might. It's uh, it's Let's on see. Netflix. You don't have Netflix. Mm. No. That's okay. There's ways. Anyways, I really like that one. Mm-hmm. Shall we jump to the... All the toxic shit you wanted to oh, talk about? I just about? wanted to mention that it's it's bullshit. Like, um, Daisy Ridley has been... Like, she does not have an Instagram anymore or a Twitter or anything like that because of um, people harassing her. And just, I think, yesterday, uh, 
uh, Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rose, had to mm-hmm. delete her Instagram because of all the harassment that she gets. And mm-hmm. it's just like, 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 yeah, it's just so stupid. Like Hayden Christensen quit acting. Uh, George Lucas sold his movies. You know, this is all fan harassment. Okay, so I have a few thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. One of the criticisms I have with Star Wars is that it's one of its strengths. It's a extremely fun, action-oriented movie that you can easily mentally insert yourself into. It also helps create this sort of toxic fan environment because you have this very important story that is just surface enough for people to get involved in and then do a lot of their own mental work, creating theories, um, thinking out plots, getting heavily, heavily invested in it and heavily investing their identity in it. And then the story makes slight changes and that threatens them because you're now not just saying like, Oh, the story you liked that, you know, has all this background and all these things that were established that you can refer to is changing. It's like, no, no, they didn't have that much there. And the fans created that much there themselves. And that's partly why it's so challenging to people is because the fans have done a lot of the work filling out the Star Wars universe and making those connections. And I mean... That doesn't give them an excuse to harass people. Oh, no. Okay. No, no, absolutely not. Their behavior and their actions is reprehensible. And, like, you know, take a reality check and look at what you're doing, people. Yeah. Um, But I can see why, like, it's the Star Wars story in the universe that is a strength of it. Mm -hmm. Because having a story that people do that work for obviously gets them really invested in it it can be really rewarding but then it also does create this problem of when you do change it then there is this backlash from all these people who had their universes and their identities changed and threatened and you see it in a lot of the big universes um not just in star wars like i'm thinking of the comic book industry where some of the comics have started gender flipping yeah the heroes and things like that and you know people are losing their shit over it and um yeah tons and tons of harassment is happening over it and yeah it's just terrible and i really like a lot of these women and want people to just leave them alone to be happy yeah i haven't i don't think i've seen either of the actresses in anything else but it would be a shame if this, you know, caused them to stop pursuing roles or anything like that. I've definitely seen Daisy Ridley and other things. I don't know about Kelly Marie Tran. Give me a sec here. Okay. And I didn't realize Hayden Christensen stopped acting because of... Well, I mean, you could probably say it was because he wasn't a good actor or some bullshit like that. But you never saw him do anything after Star Wars. And Did he do Life as a House before Star Wars? I think I feel like it was in the middle. Okay. I I did not find his performance the most uh, captivating. In what? I'll grant you. In uh, Star Wars. Okay. But I think part of that was also the writing yeah. that was given to them. 
So, like, Samuel Jackson was crap in those movies. You know, there's only so much yeah. you can do. Well, and it's Natalie Portman, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had enjoyed her work in other things and then was kind of surprised when I saw her in this. And I was a bit like taken aback by the different feel like it just wasn't landing. And that all sort of points to the writing and direction. When you have multiple actors that you enjoy in other things suddenly coming together in a movie and it's not enjoyable. Yeah, I've not seen Kelly Marie Tran in anything else. It looks like she was pretty new when they cast her. Okay. Um, yeah, like, I'm not saying that the sequel or prequel trilogy was any good. Um, from what I've heard, George Lucas is a crappy director. I don't even think he likes directing, from what I've heard from him, so I don't know why he did it. Like, he likes writing and producing. Right. He's not... That's why he didn't direct all of the original mm. Star Wars films. Um, gotcha. So, I don't know why he did it, but that doesn't mean that those people... Like, I don't understand how you can really enjoy something that this dude created and then hate him for ruining it. It, it, it's his creation. Like, you wouldn't even have it. And mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. I will say another thing that was refreshing to look at these Star Wars movies, comparing them to the original ones, mm -hmm. is that in this one, they actually had, like, just general diversity in the people on screen. Yeah. Because, like, in the original Star Wars trilogy, it was, like, you know, Princess Leia, and there may have been, like, one or two women in the background, but that was it. If you blink, you miss them. Yeah. And in this one, there was actually some gender diversity. There was some, you know, people of color. Um, it was much better representation. Agreed. Did you like uh, Vice Admiral Holdo? Oh, Laura Dern. Um, Amazing hair aside. Uh... <laughs> amazing hair and oh the one thing that i've always you know star wars has killed it on is the uh costume design yeah i mean i'm not a fan of the bikini of the original ones but their uh clothing like in the the prequel trilogy with padme's outfits and uh you know this movie again yeah the the outfit design has been amazing like star trek has always been shit for future outfit fashions mm -hmm. And Star Wars has always, like, firmly held the gold cup on that one. Um, so for Laura Dern, um, I, I get what they were going for. I get that, like, there was no one there that she would have disclosed any of her planning to for what was going on. But it still felt a little... I don't know. I am of two minds of it. Because I don't see that she would have told Poe anything. She may have told other people. Yeah. Yeah, no, like I was saying, there was no one there. Um, None of the main characters who were there at that time mm -hmm. were people that she would have talked to about this. Yeah. Um, So that's why the audience didn't get to know her plans, but it sort of also felt like they were setting up like a false conflict with it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my problem with it. Cause if she had just told him 
everybody would have been fine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like on one hand, I'm like, maybe he should actually just trust in his commanders. Right. But on the other hand, if she had disclosed it, you know, a lot, maybe a lot less people would have died. In fact, a lot less people would have died. So I really like what they did with her and with Poe and how he had that, like, lesson that he had to learn, basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love Laura Dern. Yeah. And I, I was fine with her acting and mm-hmm. her performance in it. But again, I just feel like they set up a bit of a false conflict with it. And then she died. Yeah. And I I did hear pointed out, you know, if they could just hyperdrive and ram ships, why didn't they use that to destroy other ships before well presumably they don't survive that either well true yeah i guess that's a good point it is kind of like uh a move of desperation Mm -hmm. and that scene was beautifully shot oh it was beautiful Mm. yeah it definitely was one of the most visually interesting scenes it was it was new and it felt fresh and yeah. Um, should we talk about some of this Twitter stuff? Yeah. So people had things to say on Twitter. Mm-hmm. There was even a whole bunch of conversation about uh, the return of the Jedi, because that's what I tweeted accidentally that we were watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we're not going to go over that stuff because we didn't actually watch the return of the Jedi. Uh, we watched the last Jedi. <laughs> But this is one of my general problems with Star Wars is I can never remember the name of the film and like match it to the plot elements of the film. <laughs> it's just a problem I have with Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so uh, some comments we and questions we had from Twitter. So Kate Met sent us several. Uh, so that's our that's Kate um, on Twitter. She is at K8MET. And she asked, so before they made so much of them in The Last Jedi, did you ever even notice those gold dice in the Millennium Falcon? Absolutely not. No, no, I didn't notice them at all. I wasn't sure if it again, it was something from uh, The Force Awakens. I have no They could have literally just, been in all six movies. I have no idea. I just kind of shrugged. Yeah. Um, she also asked more useful resistance pet. The Thala Siren or the Vulptex? And I wanted and, to put uh, forth the Tauntaun, but actually the Vulptex are the best. I don't know what the names of them are. So the Thala Siren is the weird giant beast that Luke milks. Oh. The Vulptex oh, are the, right. like, salt foxes. Okay. The salt foxes were cool. And the Tauntauns are from Empire Strikes Back. Yes, yes, I'm aware of the Tauntaun. And then her third question. Do you think the dark side well, being so near the first Jedi temple, says something about the original practitioners of the religion? And uh, at Chipper Allen on Twitter had a good and interesting response. 
Do you think the symbol of the Jedi being a glowing phallic symbol while the source of all evil being a hole with a mirror that creates an infinite repetition of your body might have anything to do with unconscious ideas about gender? I don't, I actually don't hold to that at all. Well, there is a slight flaw in what Alan pointed out, Mm. uh, which is like the glowing phallic symbol, which I assume he means the lightsaber. Is used it's not like by both. a core symbol of the Jedi. Yeah. yeah, it's it's used by both, and I don't ever get the feeling that um it was like I think the Jedi came first, and then the lightsaber. Whereas, like the well seems very primal, and yeah. Um, however. I think that there is something to be explored in the fact that these two things were on the same planet and the general representation that they used for them. Mm-hmm. Um, are we specifically told that the, the temple on the planet is the tree? Honestly, don't remember. I just this we just know that this is the for the original Jedi temple. Right. So there's maybe a bit of me inferring then, but I was thinking that the original Jedi temple was the tree that he burns down and then the well being there and it, I don't know how well they relate. I don't think they necessarily relate to gender, but the well and Daisy's going in and like coming out of the well definitely had some like birthing imagery there. Mm -hmm. Which, again, makes me concerned about potentially problematic issues if she is, like, the re-incarnate, like, if she restarts the Jedi faith and, but it, yeah, it's, it's problematic. It's got some, some issues to it. Um, like, I feel like they should be closer to center. And strive for more balance. Mm -hmm. And that part of the problem is that they've been pushed too far apart. Yeah, I was going to say about uh, Kate's original question, the Mm well-being near the tree. I don't think that says anything about Jedi so much as it says things about the religion in and of itself. And that it is supposed to be about finding that balance. Mm -hmm. So... Like, I don't think it says that they're evil. I think maybe the original folk had a better idea that, you know, they needed both sides. Because Mm -hmm. going down there didn't have an averse effect on Rey. Mm -hmm. She literally just confronted herself. Yeah, and it wasn't clear if there was any realization or... Or maybe that was right before she decided she could change Kylo Ren. Yeah. I can't remember. It is because they have a conversation afterwards and then that's when she goes to try to uh, try to save him. So, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out which did come first, the Jedi or the lightsaber. And it looks like it's a bit... Well, it depends on if you think the lightsaber is the finished creation or is the kyber crystal, blah, 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 blah. But people did worship the kyber kyber crystals before the Jedi. So I don't know. 
Okay. And then I I looked up the symbols of the Jedi mm-hmm. and the ones in use by the Sith and the empires and stuff like that. And there isn't like because the symbol of the Jedi, it's kind of like wings with they call it like a shining light in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so there is. You could see phallic symbol symbolism there. But then I also don't know where, like, the wings symbolism, if the tree is the temple, I was like, well, then why don't they have, like, a tree-like sim? Anyway, it didn't make super lot of sense. No. But I'm sure a lot of people have discussed and found, you know, a lot of connecting threads and things like that. Yeah, I don't know much about the, the symbols, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't. They're not. I don't, I don't really care about them. <laughs> well, it was funny because then we were looking at the symbol of the Jedi and, and whatnot and the Rebel Alliance, and it, it looks like a Ferengi ship. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, okay. Which one came first? Uh, I don't know. Um, somebody else asked another question. I just realized I didn't pull it over. Because I think somebody had asked if the death of Snoke would have been more impactful if we hadn't seen the lightsaber move. Yeah, that was Kate also. Oh, was it also Kate? Okay. I just couldn't see it there. And I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. Because I don't think that was the big reveal in that. I think the big reveal was that he killed Snoke and you're supposed to think that now he's going to turn good. But no, he's still evil. He's just like, fuck everyone else. Yeah, he's just pissed off at Snoke for manipulating him. Yeah. So, um, that, I didn't really yeah. care about that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for watching Star Wars for me. I figured you owed it to me because this whole thing is Star Trek. <laughs> That's fair. And like I said, you see, I don't hate Star Wars. You say that every time, but I think you're <laughs> lying to both me and yourself. <laughs> No, no. There's a little bit of bitterness there because uh, Star Wars rules the merchandising aspect of things and also the fashion aspect of things. And you just uh, you just um, admitted, though, rightly so, that they rule the fashion aspect of things. Oh, oh, exactly. It's it's well earned. Um, I just, I still like Star Trek more, and I'm like, why can't Star Trek have lots of better, cool merchandise? <laughs> why can't they make people look good in the future, like, with nicer casual clothing, and yeah. I gotcha. Do you have anything else to say? I think that covered it all. As I pretty much let you just rant for this entire episode, I am just going to mention that Ray is my favorite character. Huh? I love what they did with Luke. Holder was beautiful and amazing, and I loved her last scene with Leia. It was great. That scene where Leia's closing the doors and looks amazing and beautiful is fabulous. Um, mm-hmm. I really like Poe and BB-8. They're the best. And I loved everything about this movie except for the Canto Bite scene, which I also liked, but I think it just really needed to be edited down or rewritten or something. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also enjoyed uh, Poe. Uh, he was the character who had the most clear arc in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 
it didn't feel like Leia really progressed with her character. It didn't feel like um, Finn really, you know, got anywhere new. It, uh, you know, Rose confessed her love, but it was like I ha- didn't didn't really feel it. Yeah, yeah, it was like I kind of always thought she had a bit of a crush on him. She fangirled over him the first moment she saw him, mm-hmm. so it was like, right, okay. Yeah, um, I just thought, like, I I thought that they could have used more, but also their scenes could have been less. Like, it, 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 it was a lot of story all shoved into one movie, I felt, and I think that, they, that those two in particular suffered for it. But I do also mm-hmm. think they're kind of adorable. So I was okay mm-hmm. with it. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, and Mark Hamill's performance I thought was awesome. Uh, and it was enjoyable to see Leia. And... Yeah. Uh, Mark Hamill was fabulous. I love Mark Hamill as an actor and as a human being. Did you get really sad and cry at the end of the movie then? Um, the no, not the bit that makes me cry is when they're, um, like in memory of our princess Carrie Fisher comes up and they play Luke and and uh, not they play Leia and Han's theme. Uh, okay. So I would be saddened by the memory of Carrie Fisher's passing, mm-hmm. but I never liked Leia and Han together. That's one of my big problems with the original Star Wars. That's fair. I mean, it is also just like a sad music theme. Mm. I think it's Leia and Han's theme that plays there. Some old Star Wars theme. I think it's their theme. Yeah, I don't remember. Alrighty. Shall we wrap her up? I guess we shall. Okay. Recommendations? Oh, yeah. Do I have any recommendations this I week? I had one a minute ago, and it's left my mind. Hmm. What? I, mm-hmm. I, I 100% don't remember what it was. I feel like I had one at the beginning of this podcast, and I should have written yeah. it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We are dumb. Okay, I have a recommendation. Okay. Or at least I'm going to talk about something that I am going to be checking out soon. I just saw this morning on my Twitter feed that there is a new podcast launching from Canada 2020, which is a progressive think tank. And it turns out that one of the people who works there and is going to be doing some of the podcasting is... The guy who is also partly at least responsible for the Effin Birds Twitter account. And if you're not familiar with Effin Birds, it is where they put pictures of birds next to with like swearing con- comments mm-hmm. on it. Um, it's very funny. It is great used in conjunction with some of the news items that come out um, because it's just uh, a little bit of whimsical release to be able to tweet a picture of a bird saying that's bullshit when the latest crazy thing happens in the news so i am looking forward to checking out some of the podcasts on there they're going to be talking some canadian news and they're going to have a podcast 
called Explain It Like I'm Five, Mm -hmm. wherein they do really basic explanations of different things happening in current events and things like that. And so I'm looking forward to checking it out. And I recommend that if you're Canadian or if you have an interest in Canadian politics, that you also check it out. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that that sounds great. Sorry, I'm still trying to think of something. <laughs> I am also kind of interested in the five-year-old one. Mm-hmm. But <gasps> I remember what I was going to recommend. <laughs> awesome. I feel so good. Okay. Sorry, yours sounds great, too. I'm just really excited about remembering what my idea was. Okay. Um, so I'm going to recommend uh, Stuff You Missed in History Class, but specifically they did an episode on the island that they filmed all the Jedi Temple stuff at. And yes, they it did. was really interesting. And that island has a... has is. Uh, just well i don't want to say interesting again and again but i say it a lot anyway so um it has a really interesting history and was fun to listen to and so i recommend that episode in particular give me one second and i will google the name of this island Mm -hmm. it's up by ireland i listened to stuff you missed in history class so i had listened to that podcast episode already yeah um and yeah, they get into a lot of the history and the buildings, and it was quite a an impressive thing to have uh, the permission to film yeah. there. The name of the island is Skellig Michael. Yes. So yeah, it was a very interesting episode. I mean, they have a lot of interesting stuff, but that episode in particular, if you're mm-hmm. interested in learning more about that. I can't believe we didn't bring up the porgs when we talked about the animals. Oh well. It's too late now. Well, I don't think they're really useful resistance pets at all. No, but they're... I mean, they're, they're cute. cute. Yeah. And, and Chewie, just just go ahead. It's already dead, Chewie. Just... That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you feeling guilt for? You can't unkill it now. <laughs> like... <laughs> um, Jen's a little cold-hearted here <laughs> about the porks. <laughs> go ahead and at me. I can take it. Oh no, he should have just eaten it. It's fine. Staring them dead in the eye. Uh huh. Uh huh. That would have been fun. Um. Yeah. Sure. Um. So next week, uh, watch our Twitter announcement for what we're going to be talking about next week because we haven't quite finalized it yet, but we will uh, tweet it when we know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it for this week, Kate. Mm-hmm. So, dear listeners, thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments or feedback about Star Wars um, or any of our shows, uh, you can contact us. We have an email address, a command of her own at gmail.com. <laughs> and we're on Twitter at command of her own. And also Instagram. Instagram.com slash a command of her own. Yep. And and that's everything. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> Kate, may the force be with you. Oh, thank you. And with you, Jen. <laughs> okay, bye. bye.